0: Good evening everyone, so good to see all of you really this is uh, amazing to me that we could have um, so many people turn out tonight to just learn more about something so simple as prayer and I really think it shows that we all have a real hunger for a good relationship with God in our lives. Every one of us is really made with that and I think that's evident when we see people coming to want to learn more about prayer life. We really. Are searching how can I grow in that space of my own heart to have a deeper real relationship with God so it's super important so I'm really glad that um, we get to see evidence of that tonight by all of us coming here we can start the prayer workshop with a prayer I'm gonna have us do something a little bit different that the point of the point of this particular you know talk with a little bit of prayer time we'll have tonight is more to help us grow in what, I'm, what we'll call like the contemplative life or like the interior life. So it's meant to, in other words, um, this can be more focused on our conversation with God and, and more embracing silence. Um, then prayer can be amazing when we have um, music and worship music and we have Max and Matt and the band and all that is, is really good. And um, but the And that's a different type of prayer. We're going to do that more uh, next week when we do our outpouring workshop, but the focus of tonight is going to be more the contemplative prayer, helping us build the into life, listening to God within our own hearts. So that's going to be our, our goal, is to begin to tap into that and um, take that inner journey that we all want to take. So we're going to begin our, our prayer tonight, and I'm going to give us, after the sign of the cross, I'm just going to pause for for a few good seconds, and I want us just to recollect ourselves, place ourselves in the Lord's hands tonight, and um, just allow a few moments of silence, and then I'll and then I'll um, do a verbal prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of our lives today, of the church community, of making us your children through your beloved Son. We thank you for not just making us to have life, but to have, really to have life with you, you who is the fullness of life. You really made us for yourself, and we thank you for allowing us to acknowledge that this evening. Lord, fill us with the gift of your Holy Spirit. Stir within us today, within our own hearts. Help us to acknowledge the goodness of our own hearts, the depths of our own hearts. Help us to acknowledge your presence within us. Help us to not be afraid to be in true conversation with you in our lives. Help us to listen to your word, to your voice. Help us to acknowledge your love present in us and around us today. And Mary we ask you to watch over uh, you who modeled prayer so beautifully in your life and and now for us as we pray together Hail Mary full of grace the Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus Holy Mary mother of God pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death amen in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. So I actually want to I want to set the tone with this evening with a short couple minute video clip. Um, It's of a, I I actually talked about this when I was preaching to the the teens at their Life Teen Retreat. Um, But it's just a few minutes. It's um, gonna show a track runner who undergoes an injury and is met by somebody and I'll explain after um, what's going on with that. But let's take a few minutes to watch a 400 uh, track event. Okay, so now it's a little bit emotional. It's hard to, hard to watch. But um, I, think, I think it sets the, the tone well, well for us when we're talking about prayer. Um, the, the Derek Redman was, a, as they said, a, a British runner. I think he was expected to win um, that important, tr- uh, I think it was a trial track race there. And um, of course, about 200 meters within, he looked like he really tore his hamstring really bad and uh, could barely walk and was determined to finish the race. So he was kind of limping along, and it really was his, uh, his father that came out of the crowd to come and embrace him and to walk him to the finish line. And it's, it's a very painful scene to watch, especially being a runner, you know, the thought of being in that moment and not being able to um, finish that race would be devastating. But I think that it, it communicates an extremely important message um, and when his father comes to embrace him and to walk him to that finish line, and if we really know the, the if we really know God who f- for who He really is in our lives, if we really know Him through and through to the core of His being, I think that's the experience of God our Father loving us, um, sending His Son to us, and the Spirit to us and um, really leading us and journeying with us in our lives. It so was really know that, to come to know the Father's love. Um, our hearts can open, our lives can open up. We saw Derek had all that pain inside of him from the race and not being able to finish that and just the emotions and the hurt and the different things. And um, when he was embraced by his father, when his dad came to him and ran to him, and put his arm around him, it was at that moment that he was really able to open himself up and the tears flowed and and he was um, able to continue moving forward, but in a way that opened himself up. He wasn't just kind of holding it in right. And I think that that's a really important image for us in the life of prayer. Um, If we're doing prayer well, we really want the depths of our soul, the depths of our heart um, to open up in the presence of God. Because his God's God's love for us is is so pure and true and safe and um, and real that 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 it can allow anything and everything within us to come to the surface, and that's really what's going to begin that interior life and that healing journey for us. We might ask the question, Why pray? Why pray? Is it just something that God asks us to do? Um, Well, we hear things a lot like, God knows everything, you know. He knows everything anyway. Why why do we need to pray? Well, I think that he would be a pretty, um, he would be a pretty, like, what do you want to say, like um, robotic or kind of like kind of like distant figure if God just knew everything about us and didn't actually want to talk to us. Could you imagine if, if one of your good friends just, you know, you just kind of like looked at each other and, and never spoke or something like that? I don't know. Like, you know, to have a relationship in life, to, to do anything in life is to have good communication, is to be able to talk things out, is to be able to journey together, is to be able to have real conversation. So we pray because, not just because because God asks us to, but because God loves us, and He wants to have a real relationship with us. God wants to have that with us, and to even put it further, He made us to be in an unceasing, intimate relationship with Him. So we pray because it's it's gonna be the beginning and the end for us with everything. The best of our relationships in our lives, the best of our friendships in the lives, maybe you have a good marriage, the best uh, marriage or friendship or um, relationship with your children, anything like that is going to be founded in a a good communication, a relationship of life and love. That's going to model for you what your relationship with God can be like. So I want you for a moment just to think to yourself, think of one person in your life that you feel at any moment of your life you could pick up the phone and call and talk to and, um, and say anything you want. You're going through the greatest news of your life of having your first child. You're going through a very difficult time of your life. You're losing some, somebody you love, whatever it might be or anything in between. Think of, think of one person right now in your life that, that you could pick up the phone at any moment and um, call or go visit and, and share that news with. Just think of somebody. This person in your life, this is a this is the closest image of God in your life. If we have a good relationship with God, we we know that we can tell him anything. And we feel secure in our own skin, we feel comfortable within ourselves, and and we can share anything in our life with God. Is that the kind of relationship that we have with God in our lives? As Catholics, one of the things I mentioned at Mass this past weekend. We do a really good job with the exterior postures. We know when to make the sign of the cross, we know when to say, when I say the Lord be with you," you know, you know to say and with and with your spirit. we know when to kneel at mass, when to stand. we know um, the prayers that were taught, the our Father, the Hail Mary, the glory be. you know we remember these prayers that we were taught as kids. The problem for us often is that I don't know that for some of us and for um, for our church members or just for the Catholic Church as a whole, that we really go deeper than that sometimes. I feel often that it can just stay on that level of the exterior postures, the exterior words, the prayers that we read, these kind of things. This would be, um, this would be sorely lacking in a good relationship. This would be um, devastating not to, have, not to have our heart really connected with, with what we're saying and who we're saying it to. And so the journey of a good prayer life is to go deep within our own hearts, to take that inner journey to, um, and, and to be able to open that up to God who loves us. Teresa of Avila says this. She's one of our great mystics in the church and uh, we kind of hold her up to be one, one of the greatest. She says that, and this is our great mystic who who's, writes about the interior castle and all the layers of of a journey within one's own heart and all these sort of things and she's her way of describing prayers is, prayer is a conversation between friends that's how Teresa of describes prayer this great mystic this great saint this woman who's done it all in the in the spiritual life she says prayer is a conversation between friends Saint John Vianney um, one of my favorite stories of him talking about prayers, he used to see this um, elderly man in his church and um, sitting in, and in the church all day long. And he would just be praying. And John Vianney asked him one time, he said, what is it that you do in the church all day? And he says that I look at him and he looks at me. So prayer in this man's heart was this look of love between two people who love us. Think about like in a marriage or in a in a, in a dating relationship, when you first meet someone, you you talk a lot, um, you're having lots of conversation, you're filling each other in on each other's lives, you're getting to know each other and you're talking, 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 you can't have enough conversation and all that. As the relationship matures, as time goes on, you can be comfortable just being in each other's presence without as many words. But you're comfortable with each other and you want to be next to each other even if you don't communicate a lot. You just trust the other and you're there and It's like your best friend. As that relationship matures, so can that. So our relationship with God can be similar. We can um, have times where we're pouring things out, pouring things out, pouring things out, and other times where we're just comfortable sitting in the presence of God, looking at him, he's looking at us. Two friends who love each other. I think one of the most helpful things for me in my life was understanding this little acronym called Relationship Identity Mission. Why don't we put that up on, the, up on the board here? When I first was going through my initial conversion, which I talk a lot about that in my homilies, I was kind of on, I was ready to serve God. I was like, I just want to go out and serve God. I want to do a bunch of things for God. And I remember um, feeling excited about, about wanting to live as a good Christian and finally getting to this point in my life where I was making that commitment. And we're up like St. Malachy's downtown in Cleveland and saying, I wanna come serve the poor. And I remember like going to the West Side Catholic Center and I remember like every person I saw, I was trying to like do everything I could to help them. I was like, I'm, like, I'm gonna be the best Christian I can possibly be. And I filled my day and my week, and maybe my month, I don't know how long I lasted with all this, but I filled it with as much service as I possibly could do. My approach to becoming a good Catholic and a good Christian was, I I made the mistake of starting with mission. And I think I did this because this this is the way that we're kind of formed, I think, in some ways within our society, you know. We focus a lot on what we do. It's often the first thing you ask somebody when you say, like, when you're getting to know them, like, well, what do you do for a living, you know? It's, it's, it's certainly something that we care a lot about. Um, we kind of really define our goodness in a lot of ways based off of what we do, our jobs, how much money we make, things like this. This is kind of like inbred within our culture. Well, if, if you're a good person, then you must be doing a lot of good things. What I found with this in my life was that after a few weeks or a month or whatever it was, I became exhausted. I was like, I'm just so tired. You know what I mean? And and I, and I, and you could feel that you could, I could feel, I could feel like just the emptiness and the sense that I was trying to white knuckle the Christian faith. And this wasn't going to work, right? We can't, we can't white knuckle the Christian faith. We can't make our, literally make ourselves good. We can't redeem ourselves. We can't um, do that. We, I needed to start somewhere else. And so I didn't know this little acronym that I put up on the, on the board here, but I did know that I should go turn to prayer and begin to talk with God. When Jesus in the gospel chooses his, his 12 disciples, when he chooses his 12 apostles, it says that he spent the whole night in prayer before he did that. So Jesus spent the whole night with his father, talking with his father. And after that, it says, after the whole night in prayer, he came down and he selected his 12 apostles. And then from there, they began their mission. So Jesus always, he reveals to us that you always start with relationship. And again, if we go to just, again, go back to the marriage analogy, you know, you're not going to start your relationship close relationship with your significant other by just doing a bunch of tasks. You're going to go out to dinner together. You're going to talk together. You're going to have a glass of wine together. You're going to enjoy conversation. You're going to ask questions. You're going to do all these kind of things. And it's important as you go forward that you make sure that's still a part of your life, right? You can't get rid of those things. You can't just be on mission all the time. So to live a good authentic Christian life, to live a good Catholic life daily and weekly and we need to start with our relationship with God. We need to start with prayer. And as I, and I, as I serve as a priest now um, at St. Barnabas, I really try to make the effort every day to have an hour of prayer in the morning with the Lord. And often I will sit there with God, talk with him about some things, pray with the scripture text, but I can't tell you how many times I'll get little insights or thoughts that I didn't have before I went into that prayer. I'll even get a different way of looking at the day or the week or maybe the year. I don't know. You never know what comes out of that. It's so important that if I want to serve this parish well that I have to start with my relationship with God first. I have to be in good conversation with God. I have to be in communion with God first before I can go and serve the parish. So we need to start with prayer when I when I hear confessions here when I when I help people if they come in to speak with me and they're having trouble in my life one of the first things I always ask, you guys probably get used to hearing me say this I'll ask frequently in the confessional people will list off their sins and I'll ask frequently how's your prayer life do you pray because I know if the person is not praying and, and people are usually very honest with me I know that if they're st- they're struggling in their marriage or they're struggling in their in their relationship with their children or in their job life or in their health life or personal life i know that if they're not praying then i can't even we we need to start there like we have to start let me first help you to pray and then we can walk somewhere together i know if that's not there then anything else i'm going to offer is going to be limping and limited that's the first best thing i could offer is to make sure that we're praying we start with a relationship Relationship strengthens our identity. So Jesus, um, right before he began his public ministry for three years, he was baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. And as he was, water was poured over his head and he was baptized, Jesus heard God the Father say to him, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. As we grow deeper in the interior life, as we journey within as we come to know God's dwelling and presence within us, as we come to grow in our relationship with God, we will, the Lord will continually affirm who you are. You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased. As we grow in that relationship with God, our identity is strengthened. We remember that day, who we are, and we, when we remember who we are, then we can live appropriately. Then we can act appropriately going forward. Um, it just, it sounds silly, but, you know, it, it happens sometimes that we, we do lose our identity. Life is really busy. You know, you, you see priests leave the priesthood and sometimes it's for reasons that are, you know, not good but sometimes it's because they just are over functioning they're overworking. they're not praying they don't remember why they first fell in love with jesus and with the priesthood think about that within a marriage context think about that um, in different contexts of your own life it's easy to start with mission to get rid of relationship and identity and and then we're really missing that strong starting place we're going to forget our deeper identity of who we are in Christ as God's children, and then we're going to act differently too. If I don't, if I'm not remembering that within, then the way that I live is going to reflect that. So we start with relationship. We um, it strengthens our identity as God's children, and then in our respective vocations as spouse, or is um, uh, consecrated or whatever our life might be, and then we're able to live. Our mission appropriately going forward so in the Christian life we don't start with mission we start with relationship there are religious I know we're not like religious sisters here brothers but we can learn from them sometimes our lives are going to be different because we're in the world and just have different lives we can learn from them there are um, religious sisters who spend half of their day in prayer and half of their day in work that's how important, and some of those are some of the stronger orders nowadays. That's how important to them, that's how seriously they take that relationship with God. That's how much they, they, they are so convicted that this, this will bear, really bear the fruit in my life that I'm not going to spend 5% of my day praying, I'm going to spend, I know, I know they're, again, in a, in a monastery or in a religious order, but just to make the point, they will spend half of their day in contemplative prayer because that's how convicted they are that, that will be what really bears the fruit in their active ministry. So for us too, we need to take our relationship with God seriously. So what I said in the beginning was, I think that we struggle sometimes to move past just the exterior prayers and we struggle to get deep within our hearts. We have to remember this: when, when we're going to pray um, where do we go? Where would we go? Um, certainly coming to the church to pray is, is, a, is a place you're always welcome to, the Adoration Chapel, things like that. But I want you to always remember that um, God lives within you by your baptism. God dwells within you. So you can enter into prayer. You can enter into relationship with God anywhere. You don't have to just come to church, even though that's a special place to kind of be in the presence of the Lord. It can be quiet, it could be away from home, things like that. But the key to that interior journey is remembering that God lives within you. And when you're going within your own heart, you're going there to meet God. The Trinity dwells within you. In a certain way, heaven dwells within you. And so we can go anywhere we want to encounter the presence of God within us. But I would recommend that you do find a place maybe in your home that is quiet. Maybe you do have a place outside if it's nice out. Maybe you come to the church, wherever it might be. You can pray anywhere in your car, anywhere you'd like to be. But I would recommend that you do take maybe that 15 or 20 minutes, maybe that 10, 15 minutes and you can grow as, our, as, our, as we go forward. Um, place yourself in a spot that you're setting yourself up for success and not for many distractions, you know? So you can have a little prayer corner in the home. You could have a, a chair and a crucifix. You could have a little statue of Mary. You could have an icon, you could have a rosary. You could have something like that. Place yourself in a spot in your home or a place where you feel that you can place yourself in God's presence. So I, I would highly recommend that, that you have a place in your home that you feel like you, I can devote this space to prayer. When I go here, I'm going here because I'm going to be with the Lord. Let's talk about how to pray. So again, we wanna go within the interior. We wanna go within our own hearts. The first thing that that you wanna do when you find your little space to pray, maybe you commit 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. If you're on the weekend, you have a little more time, you can commit a little bit longer. The first thing that you wanna do is place yourself in the presence of God. Um, God is always, always looking at you with love. God always sees you in the core of your being for who you really are. God sees you, knows you, loves you through and through, always. You can't do, we can't do anything to change this. God literally always loves you. And he is able to look deeper than our weaknesses, failures, our sins. He's able to look deeper within us than these things. So when you place yourself in the presence of God, you're saying, okay, God, I'm putting myself before you right now. And you can give a little pause there. And you want to try to remember that God loves you perfectly in that moment. He sees you with great love in that moment. And so you want to give the Lord a chance to look at you. I like to use the example of, if you have children, um, I can only imagine when you gave birth to your first child and you looked at the child when he or she first came out of the womb. I can't imagine in that moment anything other than you are perfect and you can do no wrong. You know, like right now, you're just, you are everything to me in this moment. I think that God sees that in us all the time. That never ends. It doesn't mean he's thrilled all of our behaviors, all of our choices. That's another conversation. But we're going to prayer. We're going to be in a relationship with the God who loves us. God sees you with love always. It never ends. If it ended, we would be in trouble. We would zap out of existence. God always sees you with love. So start, always start with God's love. Not with our mistakes, not with our failures, not with that sort of thing. so when we go to prayer, how do we pray we place ourselves in the presence of God. God looks at us with love. I was thinking about when the kids were first coming to, to school maybe at St. Barnabas or a different school and they they get their little the girls the, maybe the young girls get their little dresses on for the first time and it just they look adorable you know and, and you're, you're a parent and you're like, oh my gosh, this is my child, like they're about to go to school for the first day in their life, whatever it might be, and they're like, mom, I'm running out the door, I'm running out the door, dad, I'm running out the door, I got to go to school, and in that moment, you're like, would you just pause for a second, you're the most beautiful, precious thing I've ever seen, you know, like you look so good in your little dress, and, and just give me a minute to look at you, that's like God, God's, when we go to pray, God's like, just give me a minute to look at you, let me just see you with love, let me just delight in you for a moment, let me just see you, I love how St. Ignatius will say it's not just God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit that is gazing upon us with love when we go to pray but it's all of creation all the angels and the saints and all of creation in a sense is looking at us in the presence of God with that love. So we place ourselves in the presence of God you can give that a few give that a, a few moments maybe give it a minute let the Lord look at you let him delight in you Let him look at you with love. For just one second, put aside all the things that are wrong, you know, or all the things that are bothering you. It's really smart to, it's really good, I should say, to um, use the scripture. When I try to teach, when I'm leading retreats or helping people to, I'll lead eight-day retreats for people or five-day retreats for people, I follow the Ignatian kind of method where it's, it's you, your Bible, and God. That's it. Nothing else. So when you're going into the interior, when you're going to pray in this more contemplative way, again, not we're not talking about the exterior prayers are good, this sort of thing, but we're trying to go within our hearts, where God lives within us, where God dwells within us. Um, it's you, God, and the Bible. That's it. And we're not using the Bible to... Um, just like read through it like a textbook, okay? We're, we're using the Bible to pray with it. Um, we can talk more about at the end where to, where to find these texts, but the easiest way, I think, is just to use the reading of the day. We can talk about that more at the end, but we're going to take a little scripture passage. Again, place ourselves in God's presence. Let him look at us with love. Give that a moment. And then you can slowly read the text. There's an ancient practice in the church called Lexio Divina. Raise your hand if you've heard of this before. Lexio Divina. Okay, it's, it's a pretty famous term. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over that. Um, but Lexio Divina is where you read the scripture text. I'll just say it simply, very slowly. You might read it a couple times slowly. It might be a passage of Jesus performing a miracle or doing something, um, healing the sick, um, uh, driving out evil, proclaiming the kingdom, whatever it might be. You read the text slowly, you can do it a few times, and then you kind of see like, is there a word or a phrase that's really speaking to you? This morning, I was praying with the text. Um, Jesus, it says that Jesus went up the mountain, and it says that all the lame, the blind, and the ill were coming to coming to him, and they were being placed at his feet, and he was curing them all. And right in that moment, you just think about some. Uh, I was thinking about my uncle in my life who I love dearly, who has, who has cancer at the moment. I've talked to you guys about him before. And just here, the ill are being placed at the feet of Jesus. And I'm just imagining myself placing my uncle right at the feet of Jesus. And he's there praying over him and, and healing him. It's very consoling to be able to bring that place in my heart um, to the Lord. So the scripture invites us. The scripture invites us into that conversation with God. It it allows our hearts to begin to open up. Think about the video when the father hugged the son. You know, his heart was able to open, his emotions were able to pour out and he was um, embraced and able to journey forward. So when we start with the scripture, when we read it slowly, you can see, is there a word or a phrase that sticks out to you? Then you can just sit with that for a little bit, just... Try to listen to that. Try to let it resonate with you. See what it's connecting with in your life. Maybe, like for me, it was connecting with that situation with my uncle and his suffering. Maybe it's something in your own life. And just let that surface and bring that to the Lord. Let's um, put up here on the screen. Go to the next slide for me. Yeah, this is good. As you're praying with the scripture, as you're letting your heart begin to open, this is four important points to remember. With any of these acronyms or things like this, I don't want it to feel, I want, it, I want prayer to feel natural for us. I want, to feel like, I want it to feel like we can just communicate with God. But sometimes it takes a little bit of intentionality behind it to kind of get the ball rolling. So with any of these things, I don't want you to get caught in all of the steps. But sometimes the beginning steps can be important, okay? So for the sake of saying that, let's look at this. So we're praying with the scripture, we're letting our heart open. The first thing is to acknowledge. So acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. You can think of like a pirate, like R, A-R-R-R. Acknowledge, relate, so the first step, I'm going into my interior, God lives within me. I'm beginning to look at the scripture. The first step is to, what am, I, what am I acknowledging within? When we talk about, if you can just skip one more slide over just real quick. When we talk about the layers of the human heart, if we were to start on the outside and work in, remember the heart is just like the depths of with, within myself. We're talking about our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires. So maybe I'm sitting in prayer, I'm before the Lord, He's looking at me with love, and I'm letting, I'm letting my thoughts open up. I realize in that moment that I'm thinking a lot about my job, and it's really overwhelming me. I think a lot of times, in pr- the reason why we, shy away so much from prayer and we don't want to go to prayers because we have this thing in our head where we're just like, well, again, in the beginning, like, God knows everything. I don't, you know, like, I don't need to tell him. So we shut our minds down. We shut our hearts down. And we're just like, okay, I'll just say our fathers or that sort of thing, you know. But no, remember, God loves us. He's our father. He's our best friend. He wants to communicate with us. Prayer is a conversation with God. So, my thoughts are becoming clear. I'm thinking a lot about my job. It's on my mind. It's been stressful. Try to resist the temptation to say, well, stop, that's a distraction. Stop thinking about it. You know, that kind of thing. Get back to God, that sort of thing. Instead of that, relate that. Acknowledge that. Relate that to God. Maybe as you're sitting there in prayer in the presence of the Lord, um, a difficult, uh, painful place of your heart arises where you have lost somebody that you loved and you're feeling that grief for the, for the first time in a while. You're in silence and your heart's swelling up a little bit. Acknowledge that pain. Try not to reject it. Let yourself feel it for a minute and then relate it to God. Relate it to God. I remember um, when I was, again, thinking about my future and my vocation, and I was um, really wanting to, to serve God. I had this great desire to want to give my life to God. I, there was a desire in my heart that I had never felt before. I didn't know that it was to become a priest. But it's so important that I acknowledge that desire in me. God let me see that within me, and then I relate that to him. So when you're in prayer, acknowledge. Acknowledge your own heart. Acknowledge your thoughts, your feelings, your desires. Again, the thoughts are gonna be the more the feelings are maybe a layer deeper. We might feel anger, you might feel pain, you might feel resentment, we might feel in love or a longing or something like that. We might feel sad. So relate that feeling to the Lord when you're in prayer. As we do this, God will help us to see what's underneath it. Below the thoughts, below the feelings, really are our desires. And our desires are what is really where the gold is at. That's really where we really want to be able to open our desires to God. Maybe you're sitting in prayer and again, placing yourself before the Lord, reading the scripture, and you acknowledge that, you know, You've been, you're feeling angry with your spouse. And so you tell God that. I'm, I'm feeling angry with my spouse. I'm acknowledging that within my heart. And after you and God talk about it, you start to see deep down within. You're, you, know, you start to see something new. You're like, you know what, God? I really just desire to be a good spouse. I really just desire to, be, get, to give my best. That's really what I want. And I'm frustrated because we keep kind of going in circles or things like that but I'm asking you for that. I'm asking that I can be the best spouse that I can be. I I really just desire to be the best father or mother that I can be. That's really what I want. And I'm trying to do all these things to accomplish it, but I really desire that. Let your heart open up to God. Acknowledge that, relate that. Here's probably one of the, the most important parts, and this is easy to skip over. It's easy to kind of let this one slide we need to learn to listen. So we're trying to be more vulnerable and open ourselves to the Lord, but we then need to give God a chance to be. It can be very easy for prayer to just be one way. Sometimes people take the other extreme and they think, well, I should never talk in prayer. Only God should talk in prayer. That's not true either. It's a two-way street. We want a good relationship. We want our hearts to open up, and we want God's heart to open up towards us. So after you've opened up your heart to God, then it's really important that you give God a chance to speak to you. A lot of times, the funny thing about, the funny thing about human beings is we have a lot to say sometimes, you know, like we talk a lot, and that's okay. I mean, nothing wrong with that. God is a, God talks but not a lot. <laughs> it's probably the best way to put it. God's always looking at us with love. God's always loving us. God does speak to us. You might get one word or a little phrase and that could carry you for 6 months. I don't know. You know I mean that could carry you for at least a few days. You know, you might open up a painful place of your heart and you might hear Jesus say, "I am with you." And you could feel that throughout the day. When I opened that place in my heart to God that was just hurting, the Lord told me that He was with me. And I felt strength in that. So, the third one is to receive. We need to listen. We need to listen to God. The the passage that um, really, really stuck out to me with this and this listening was from 1 Kings, Um, 1 Kings chapter 19. It's when Elijah, the prophet, is running away from the Baals, the false prophets. He's running away from them. He actually just slaughtered all of them and he's running away and he's fearing for his life. He's afraid that he's going to come and get killed. And so he's he runs to, to the cave and God says to him, go up the side of the mountain and I will meet you there. And if you remember the story, it talks about like the big, um, storm that comes by and he says, God was not in that loud storm. The earthquake, God was not in that loud earthquake. And there was another like loud natural occurrence, whatever it was, the heavy wind, whatever it was, God was not there. But in the then he heard a little whispering sound and then he hid his face, it said, and he knew that the Lord had passed by in that little whispering sound. I remember reading through this when I was in seminary and I'm like, That just resonated with me so much. That's what the voice of God is like. That's what I thought at least resonated with me. God's voice will always affirm our person. I think we very much fall into the mistake of equating the voice of God with the voice of the enemy. When I say the enemy, it could be a temptation like from devil it could be or from a from a demon or whatever or it could just be like our own fallen nature a combination of the two so it's easy to hear the enemy sometimes and think that that's God Well, why don't you just get your act together or just try harder or you're not good enough or do this and then I'll love you I don't know you know it's easy to hear those negative thoughts. It's easy to hear that negative voice. It's easy to hear that condemnation. I think a lot of times if you just write it out, what you're hearing, you might look at it and say, that sounds really silly. That's not Jesus. The voice of Jesus will always affirm your person. He will always affirm you. It doesn't mean he's going to affirm our decisions. It doesn't mean that he's going to agree with everything that we're doing. He might convict us in something to make a change, but it's always going to be in a way that affirms our person. He's never going to accuse you or condemn you, even if it's challenging us in a certain way. Think of a lot of the things that Jesus says in the scripture, follow me. How often is he saying that? Time and time and again, follow me, follow me. How often does he not say, how often does he say, be not afraid, have courage. Be not afraid, have courage. I am with you. I love you. Let me do the work. He tells St. Paul, when St. Paul says, I'm really struggling here with this thorn in my flesh. Can you get rid of it? And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, my power is made perfect in weakness. He's never asking us to fix our lives. He's really asking that we allow him to do more. So we must listen. We We need to let the love of the Lord and his voice and his love pour into some of those crevices of hurt and pain, of desire. It could be good desire. It could be uh, things we need to let the Lord love us and see us and speak to us and pour himself into those thoughts, those feelings, those desires. That's how we find healing. That's how we find strength. That's how we find the courage or perseverance we need. And it's just... It's just good for us to be able to have somebody to talk with, isn't it? In places of our lives that hurt. Again, God's like that best friend. We want to be free to go to him with anything. The last thing, so we have acknowledge, relate, receive, is respond. Um, I think in a lot of ways, this one I'm not going to spend a ton of time with because I think that, I think this, this one kind of just happens. If we do the other three, I think we want to say yes to the Lord when he's asking us to do something, but I think if we're receiving from him, it's not going to feel like that white knuckling. When we're responding in God's grace, it's more like the overflow, typically at least, you know? Um, it's like the water overflow, because we're being filled with his love and it's kind of flowing through us. Our tasks in a given day might be difficult. They might be grinding at times, but um But we can do it with love. We can do it in Christ. We can do it knowing that that God's in us and and we have joy in offering of ourselves. It's a different tone than when it's just, when we're just starting with mission or just with ourselves. So responding is important, but I think it will flow well from the other three if they're done right. Another um, type of prayer that, that, is really important that we'll kind of tie right in with this, what I'm saying, placing ourselves in God's presence, um, slowly reading through the scripture, letting our hearts open to God and his heart open to us, being in that relationship with him, is something that St. Ignatius calls imaginative prayer. And you probably heard of this before too, but this is where you might take it one notch further with the scripture scene. And you actually imagine yourself in that scene. Um, if it's, you know, if it's um, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, if it's that gospel text, and He's in the tomb for four days, you might see yourself as Martha or Mary saying to Jesus, "Why have you let him die?" You might say to yourself, "Why have you let pad my life?" And you're talking right to the Lord in that prayer. Or you might be Lazarus. You might be in the tomb. You're like, I just feel dead in my life. And I'm in that tomb. And you imagine yourself in that tomb. And Jesus comes to that tomb and he says, he says, "Um, Lazarus, come out. And he says to you, James, come out. You know, come out of that tomb. And you hear the Lord say that to you. So imaginative prayer is where we might just take that next step and actually place ourselves in the scene. When you do that, don't be afraid to let your senses open up. What do you what do you hear? What do you see? What does Jesus look like? What does he <clears throat> What does he look like when he's talking to you? Is he smiling? You know, what is he saying? What does his hair look like? What is um, What does the the stormy sea look like? What does the the water taste like? You know, you want to really let your senses engage when you do that imaginative prayer. Let's do this um, little clip from. Um, this is from St. Ignatius. This is from a, um, a movie unformed Formed about the life. I'm quoting Ignatius a lot because he taught on prayer. This is a movie about his life. And I really like it a lot. I highly recommend it. But there's one little scene in here where he is just underwent his own personal conversion. And he is getting away from a, a life of grave sin that he was in. And he was involved with prostitutes and different things. So there's a scene here where he's um, his brothers are trying to get him back to his old life of sin and so they send him up to his room with this prostitute but he's not going to do anything with her because he's had a change of heart and he helps her to meet Jesus and I think it's a really beautiful scene so let's, let's turn this one on. Okay, so we have this, again, this scene where um, this woman's caught in a place of her life she doesn't want to be anymore um, living a sinful life and um, is looking for a change and it shows Ignatius thinking and thinking finally he says he's going to turn her to the Lord. So he's, can you imagine Jesus sitting in that chair? So he's using that imaginative prayer and she begins to imagine him sitting there. Um, Again, God can work through our minds, through our imagination. It's not like this is just made up. You know, God can work through all of our faculties. So she's imagining Jesus. What is he doing? He's looking at her with love like we were talking about. He's loving her in her brokenness in her life of sin he's not condemning her but he's looking at her with love and he's smiling at her and he says um, and she receives from him you know it does not matter where you've been but where you're going you know and she's and when she hears Jesus what does her heart do it expands and she has tears and so that's the love when when we hear the Lord I don't want to say every single time remember it's always going to affirm your person affirm who you are um, but when we hear the Lord it expands our hearts it 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 has that effect sometimes with tears sometimes with that that overflowing happiness that's the kind of effect that that God's love has for us and she's finding healing and she's going to be able to make a new life for herself think of going back to the relationship identity mission think about if she had just, again, tried to like white-knuckle a new life, but had so much shame in her own heart about her past, how different it is for her to move forward knowing God's love for her, even in her past life that was, that was gravely sinful and probably did a lot of damage to her own heart. So that's, what a difference is she's going to try to live a new life as a seamstress or whatever that's going to be in, in the movie there. Um, time is getting away from here. The last thing I would say is, so is this. So we're placing ourselves in God's presence. We're slowly reading through the scripture. Maybe we're placing ourselves in the scene. We're being led ultimately into a conversation with God. We're acknowledging our own hearts. We're relating it to him. We're listening to him. We're conversing with the Lord about real things in our life. There would be nothing worse. No wonder prayer could be so repulsive if, if we couldn't like, have a real conversation with God if we felt like we had to tell him things that we that he wanted to hear you know like that's that's no good friendship right no God we're sharing with God real things real desires real hurt real feelings real pain um, real thoughts things that are really going on within us we're letting him speak letting him love us we're in dialogue with him we're in communication with him and um, and then after that after you finish your time maybe it's that 15 minute time period maybe it's 20 minutes, then after you can journal. I would advise you not to journal during your prayer time. Again, it's you, God, and the scripture. Try to just keep that time of silence with just you and the Lord. Just going with the interior in that conversation with God. Sometimes we just have to sit in that for a little while. All right, we have 20 minutes left. I I really want us to do, I don't want to, my goal tonight was not just to talk about prayer in the interior life and and this relational prayer, but to actually do it with you. So why don't we um, pull out this sheet of paper. You all have one because we went and made copies. I'll lead us kind of like through the beginning as I've been saying. I'm going to leave some time in the middle for some silence. I might give a little guided meditation, but I want us to have a little bit of time of actual silence. And it's important when you do this on your own that you, silence might be uncomfortable in the beginning, but that you really um, just commit some time to having some silence. You'll, you'll, you'll learn and, and become comfortable with it in time. So let's take that first step before even reading the scripture. Maybe just close your eyes for a sec. Let's once again just place ourselves before the, before the God of the universe, before your Father in heaven. God the Father sees you with love right now. He loves you more than you love you. Jesus looks at you with great tender love. And the Holy Spirit desires to fill your heart today. Mary, Mary, our mother loves you. Saint Joseph loves you. Your guardian angel loves you. And all the angels and saints look at you with great love. this text together, or I'm sorry, not together. I'll read it and you can just try to absorb it. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. When he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, Oh you of little faith why did you doubt after they got into the boat the wind died down those who were in the boat did him homage saying truly you are the son of god so you can take a moment to place yourself into this scene maybe you're in the in the boat with peter and you see jesus walking on the water I have um, resources on the way out, and it, we're, we're gonna need to get more because we had a, a nice turnout this evening. But, um, so we'll, we'll get more for you if you don't, if you don't get one tonight. Um, but um, it's a little book that covers a lot of the things I was speaking about here with the relationship identity mission with the ARRR, um, and it, it kind of goes through some scripture and goes through some different things. So it's all kind of nice and concise in a small little booklet. Um, So please take one of those and if you don't get one, we'll we'll make sure we get more and find a way to get those to you guys. But it's, it's just, we're in Advent now, we're in the season leading up to Christmas. You did a beautiful thing in saying yes to come here tonight. I hope we can learn a few things about the interior life and about our relationship with God. Try to take at least a couple times a week, if not every day, try to, if you can give God that 10 or 15 minutes and maybe on the weekend if you have a little more time 20 minutes or 30 minutes maybe come to the chapel get away from the house for a little bit whatever it might be we gotta um, you gotta practice this you gotta maybe open up the scripture for the day or for the weekend um, and look at it and kind of do what we tried to say and really try to um, take this time with God and to to go deep within so we'll try to make some kind of commitment with that going forward here I think prayer often takes. I'm speaking to a large crowd. Often it helps to have one-on-one accompaniment, to have somebody to talk to about your prayer experiences and your prayer life. A lot of times, that that is the case. It means so much to me that we can grow in prayer and grow in our relationship to God. That I really, if 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 you, any of you are welcome anytime, please reach out to me by email, phone, whatever it might be. We could have a, a conversation about your prayer life and. And how to I could try to zero in with you a little bit more one-on-one and help you that way so please know that I'm available in any way that I can to help you with your with your personal prayer life it means it means a lot to me okay um, and anything else our next thing we have for Advent is gonna look different and feel different than this this was trying to get us more in touch with our hearts and with silence the next one's gonna be our um, outpouring Lindsay is that next Saturday okay So what is today? Okay, the 16th, so a week from this Saturday. That's going to be music with Max, the praise and worship, the praying in the Spirit, the praying over each other, really letting the Holy Spirit ignite our hearts on fire. So It's going to be a little bit of a different take on prayer than what we had here. Both are important, um, but we want to try to offer some different ways of learning to pray and be in in good relationship with God. Anything else I'm missing today? Okay. Oh, I did put some resources, it's really small. But I have up there, um, sorry. (laughs) The first one is the Hallow app. We used this a little bit ago. There's a a free version of it that still has the daily readings and a little reflection with them. Um, The USCCB website, the Word Among Us books that we pass out here, the Magnificat, those are, you could subscribe to Magnificat. I think I pay $70 a year or something like that. I get a, a magazine and, um, each month that has the daily readings and the weekend readings. These are great ways to um, have daily scripture available to, that we can pray with. Another way you could do it is just take one of the Gospels and slowly work your way through it. Maybe you take the Gospel that we're using for the Sunday lectionary. We're in Mark right now, so maybe you just slowly work your way through Mark. Take a chapter or a part of a chapter at a time and, and take that to prayer each day um, those are just different ways to incorporate that scripture but it's really really important as Catholics that we're praying with the Bible and praying with scripture it's got to be a part of our life it's it's really a must the, the word of God we need to be interacting with the word of God that way um, anything else yeah take a book on the way out okay and yeah just take grab a book on the way out and we will get more and Find a way to connect them with that somehow, or you can let us know. But we'll, we will get more for you, but it's important. Thank you for being here tonight. Let me close with a blessing for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, again, we thank you for calling each of us by name, for your, your love for us, for your desire to be in deep relationship with us. We thank you for the response of these people tonight to be more open to learning. I ask that you give them the grace to continue to take that inner journey. To encounter you within them, to find your voice, your love, your presence um, dwelling within them, um, guide them as they go forward um, into their into their mission. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.